0: Everybody, this is Tina again with Good Nurse, Bad Nurse. Welcome back to another week of talking nursing and healthcare and a little true crime thrown into the mix. And also, we also like to end on a good note where we talk about good nurses who are doing amazing things. And speaking of which, I have a nurse on with me this week who is truly, I'm blown away just because I, my abilities to sew something are just so limited. I can't even, I cannot emphasize enough how, how difficult it is for me to sew anything. And it actually look like something that some reasonable person sewed. So I'm so impressed with her abilities. But not only that, as a business owner and all the things that she's been able to accomplish, and she's, of course, a nurse. So Virginia, welcome to Good Nurse, Bad Nurse.
1: Tina, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here today.
0: Well, I'm excited to have you. I'm, I'm excited for the Good Nurse portion. We're going to talk about all the things that you've been able to do and accomplish, I am always so impressed with nurses who are not only nurses, but also able to find something within themselves that they want to do, kind of, I don't know, step out and onto a new adventure and create, especially a, a small business. I, that is not easy to do. It is so hard. So I can't wait to talk about that. And you're in, what you've invented is so cool. Can't wait to get to talk about that. So you guys stick around for that part for sure. Are you thinking about going back to school to get a master's degree? Maybe a family nurse practitioner degree? Well, It's so important to choose the right program. Samuel Merritt University's MSN FNP program has a 100% employment rate after six months. Unbelievable. And Samuel Merritt University has been kind enough to continue to sponsor our podcast and they want us to let you know they're continuing to offer a $10,000 scholarship to anyone enrolled in their MSN, DNP or family nurse practitioner programs. If you're interested in getting more information about these programs, you can visit them at smumsn.com. That's SMU MSN. Com. And of course, we'll put that link on our website if you want to just go to GoodNurseBadNurse.com. I also wanted to remind you that if you're interested in travel nursing to go to TrustedHealth.com forward slash GoodNurse and fill out a profile so you can see what kind of jobs are out there. And you can also see what they pay, the stipend, the hourly rate, all of that. I'm a travel nurse now with Trusted Health, and I absolutely love working for them. So go to TrustedHealth.com. Be sure and put forward slash GoodNurse so that they'll know that we sent you there and fill out a profile today. To start off, we're going to talk about this bad doctor. This is an interesting story. I cannot believe. Sometimes these people just blow me away with some of the things that they do. And I don't know. I've been doing this for, I'm going on five years now. In May, it's going to be five years that I've been doing this. I don't know why I am always shocked by the things that people do. But man, the boldness, the audacity that some people have just blows me away. I mean, what do you think?
1: Oh my gosh, Tina. I you, you sent the the article to me and I just couldn't believe it. I mean, one, I just think, wow, exactly what you said. How bold is that? And then my second mm-hmm. thought is, is, do people not really understand how hard our job is to mm-hmm. want to do something like this? And, you know, just the the thought that somebody feels that egotistic maybe that they can have Mm -hmm. the courage to do what
0: this person did. It was just incredible. Oh yeah. To think they could pull something like this off, which the thing is that people do, which really Mm -hmm. is scary. When you really think about it, you don't know who really is taking care of you in these hospitals and in these clinics. So with that being said, this is the story of Gerald Barnes. So Gerald Barnes loved being a doctor. He enjoyed the luxuries that the white coat and stethoscope afforded him, along with the sense of trust the position evoked. He was very charismatic, had a penchant for storytelling, and he was known to have a warm bedside manner and an equally warm heart. Often, I find that a lot of times these people um, are very charismatic and they're charming. They, they, they're people that people love everybody around them. Just they love them. they were like, oh my gosh, it was this like the greatest guy. And then people are blindsided when all of a sudden the veil is lifted and it's not at all the person that they thought it was. Isn't that, it's just mind boggling. Totally mind boggling. So Barnes was known to have a warm bedside manner, as I said, but he often embarked on these overseas trips to provide free medical care for those who had limited or no access for medical treatment. And that seems like, you know, very, I mean, that's a very charitable thing to do and a very selfless things to do as it, as it seems anyway. But despite all these favorable attributes that he had, he was concealing a colossal Secret. He was a fraud. He was absolutely not a doctor and dun, never attended. I know he <laughs> never attended medical school. It's crazy. So in the late 1970s, Gerald Barnbaum, which was his actual name, was working as a pharmacist. So he was in healthcare. And look, I have known a lot of pharmacists in my time. I've been friends with pharmacists. I've worked alongside them at the hospital. They are amazing, and they have to go to school for a long, 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 long time. They're so, smart. and they have doctorates. Most, yeah, and they they have doctorates. They have, they literally have to get it's a it's a, a PhD, mm-hmm. but they have to know so much information. So it is no small feat to to be a pharmacist. The problem is, in 1976, he was part of a medical fraud investigation, and the state revoked his license. So he. Even though he was a pharmacist, he lost that job because he was involved in Medicaid fraud. So after consulting this doctor's directory in California, looking through, I guess, trying to find a name, maybe that was close to his name. And who knows what in the world he was all looking for. Maybe he was looking also for somehow attributes that were similar to his. But once he looked through searched through this directory for the name of a doctor, he legally changed his name and began impersonating an orthopedic surgeon of all things. I mean, go big or go home, right? Just <laughs> oh, right?
1: I mean, he was just looking to see who made the most money and he picked that one. Man.
0: Oh my goodness, of all the things. So, this orthopedic surgeon was from Stockton, California and his name was Gerald Barnes. So, Bar- Barnbaum then printed stationery with his new name and wrote to the Medical Board of California, as I said, this guy was so bold, he asked for a copy of Dr. Barnes' medical license. Now you would think, surely, there's some way that they go about verifying this information. I mean, surely they wouldn't just offer that, you know, a, a medical license to someone without having some sort of proof of who they're giving it to, I mean, you would think. He claimed he was applying for a job and that his estranged wife had burned down the house and destroyed his license in the process. And they bought it hook, blind, and sinker.
1: <laughs> I just love that. I love the fact that he would call the medical board and be
0: like, my wife burned down the house. I just need paperwork. Yeah. Oh and my they, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> And they were like, "Oh well, actually, I could see that. Yeah, I could. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Here you go. Here's your new license." So, despite this unusual story, they went right on ahead and sent him this a copy of the the license. So here he is, license in hand, of this. And he had to change his name, of course. So now his name is Gerald Barnes, and he has a license, a medical license, with his name on it. Now, armed with a slew of documents, so now he's got a license. He's got his name. That's Dr. You know, that's Gerald Barnes. He has a license showing Gerald Barnes on it. So now he's got this slew of documents. And so he moves to Southern California in 1977. And for several years in several clinics, he used Dr. Barnes' medical credentials, social security number, and driver's license. You feel yeah. so
1: badly for that guy. Oh, my gosh. I, I can't know. even imagine.
0: I know. I mean, talk about wrecking somebody's life. It's just good grief yeah. for years and years and years. The real Dr. Barnes said, he got all my diplomas he got me into all kinds of trouble with my credit record. He bought two cars. I had to go through a hell to get all cleared and to prove what happened. I mean, this is, yeah, like it's you said, so I feel sad. so bad Yeah, for so to have to that. I I'm mean, serious. it's hard as doctors have to work to get their credentials and then to to go and, and do something like that to cause them. I mean, it, by the time I say this all the time on this podcast for doctors, like I know sometimes people are like, oh, yeah, they charge too much money and you know they people can be sometimes negative toward physicians and i i work i've worked with so many physicians and i i know that they they work so hard Mm -hmm. for their for their degree and for their license and for their credentials for they have to go through you know years of getting their undergraduate getting going through medical school doing their residencies. sometimes so many other residencies in order to get you know specific skills and i it's just sometimes they're like well into their thirties before they actually start working and, and making money. So, and a lot of times they have hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt. So, I, I they've been through enough. My goodness, please, to, to go and do something like this to 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 someone who not only has been through so much to get those credentials, but also they are serving the community. They're helping people. They're just not, especially in this day and age, there are not a lot of people willing to sacrifice all those years to become a doctor. And we need doctors. We we need doctors. And he was just so innocent.
1: He was just an innocent person living his life. And I mean, like that could be any of us. And then all of a sudden, our whole entire world is just flipped upside down. Is yeah, just well, unbelievable.
0: Well, the fraudulent doctor's secret is going to be discovered after a pivotal event happened in December of 1979. CBD Stat. They're amazing products. Love them. They support our podcast. Their CBD product is some of the absolute purest CBD out there. And some of my friends use it for headaches. I personally use it for foot pain. It helps with some people with their back pain. It's truly an amazing product. And they are so good to healthcare professionals. Such a good company. You know, I was able to use their product for the first time after you and I returned from Washington, D.C. for the Nurses March. They provided me with some samples And I used it on a sore knee and then later on a sore wrist and it helped so much. My daughter even uses it on her back for her scoliosis and it really does help. That's amazing. And of course, their products are 100% THC free, which is great for travel nurses who have to take a drug test every three months. They only offer very strong CBD greater than 1000 milligrams. If you're interested, you can go to cbdstat.care forward slash good nurse That's cbdstat.care forward slash good Be sure and put the forward slash good nurse in there so they'll know that we sent you there. A 29 year old John McKenzie was seen by Barnes in an Irving, California practice, and he complained of excessive thirst, dizziness, and unexplained weight loss. So, what's interesting is that as a nurse, as soon as you see those symptoms, you automatically know or you very highly suspect what is going on. And we're not doctors, but we know those symptoms, what to look for as nurses. So, this guy was at least a pharmacist. But he ordered a few tests and then sent the patient home. Mackenzie was experiencing severe hyperglycemia and was misdiagnosed by Barnes. His condition resulted in a coma. And tragically, he later died as a result of the fraudulent doctor's misdiagnosis. So obviously, this patient had diabetes. It was misdiagnosed, and he died as a result of it. I mean, so shocking, so tragic. But his death prompted an investigation, and in 1991, Barnes accepted a guilty plea of involuntary manslaughter, and also he accepted a guilty plea of practicing medicine without a license. He was sentenced to three years in a California prison, which I don't think sounds like a long time. It doesn't. No, (laughs) it doesn't. If you were this, yeah, if you were this patient, John McKenzie, if you were his family, would you think that was a long time for him to serve after what he did?
1: No, because I I'm would've. sure it took him. I'm sure it took him more, way more than three years to get his identity yeah. back.
0: Yeah, and thinking about the this patient that lost his life, you know, if I was there, if I was that patient's family member, I I would be so upset that all he got was three years. Not to mention all the other people. Who knows all the other people that went to him? That I'm sure there were lots of people going. Wait, I I saw him. Who knows? What, what Did did he diagnose them with things they didn't even have? Or was he prescribing medications that they didn't even need? It's just, I mean, really, it's kind of endless. It's, it's, the fun, impact.
1: it's fun to imagine what that doctor appointment looked like. Like, can you imagine mm. going to see somebody who truly wasn't a doctor and really, I mean, he must have been an amazing storyteller. I mean, like, was there any sort of truth like, to anything he was mm-hmm. saying to his patients? It's just, I can't even, yeah. What would that yeah. even look like?
0: Yeah. And even though he it was sentenced to three years uh, in a California prison, he only served 18 months. He was released on parole in 1983. He refused to hang up his white coat upon his release from prison, though. He would continue... <laughs> practicing medicine. I mean, that's the thing. You only serve three years. He's thinking, eh, I'm so bad. You know, I probably, I know what I did wrong now. I know, I know what I did that got me caught. So maybe he's thinking the punishment was not that bad and, and the risk, you know, he, he would go ahead and risk doing that to be able to continue acting like he was a doctor. So he did continue. He got caught. He was convicted. He, and would also be paroled time and time again. He briefly served as a referral doctor, but was caught in 1984 when he tried to apply for hospital privileges, and the real Dr. Barnes blew the whistle. He was convicted of grand theft and forgery and sentenced to three years and four months in jail. The state medical board, however, never flagged the real Dr. Barnes file. Doesn't
1: it seem like there's a lot of like mistakes happening with this whole case, too. I mean, yeah, I mean, Mm -hmm. he he was doing bad things, but it's almost like we kind of let him get away with some of it or made it easy for him, I guess.
0: Yeah, and it was kind of back in the day. So hopefully this this day and age, we are we crack down a whole lot harder on these people, I, I would hope. But despite a lengthening criminal record and primarily using the same name and phony documents, he was continually hired on as a physician. He stuck to the same region to perpetuate his schemes and even became a physician to high profile agencies such as, now get this, the Federal Bureau of Investigation.
1: <laughs> Just crazy. What?
0: Okay, that's going to be his downfall. And I've, I've, boy, I've said this on this podcast before. If you're going to do something wrong, please do not involve the federal government because (laughs) they will come down so hard on you. If, yeah, don't let it cross state lines. Don't be crossing the federal government. Don't let it have anything to do with the post office. Like we've, I've just done so many of these stories that I just know how this works. Like once you cross the federal government, you're just toast. You're absolutely toast. So after it was discovered that he was performing physical checkups on FBI agents without a license, his schemes escalated from a misdemeanor crime to a federal crime. <laughs> with much tougher mm-hmm, much tougher sentencing. During a transfer to another prison, Barnes escaped. <laughs> and, yep. and again found work as guess what? A physician.
1: <laughs> he just doesn't stop.
0: He, he just no. does not stop. I mean, why would you, for one thing he actually is a pharmacist? So if he's going to do anything, do anything, why wouldn't he just like change his name and still be a pharmacist, but fake those credentials because he actually is a pharmacist? At least he knows that. Yes, he lost his license because he was doing some illegal things, mm-hmm. but at least he knows what he's doing there. He actually went to school to do that. I, I don't even understand what he's doing. Why does he keep keep this up? no it's idea. Crazy.
1: Yeah, it just almost like I just come back to the word ego. I just feel like maybe yeah. his ego is just so big that he you know, in his head, maybe he just truly he has a mental health issue and truly thought he was a doctor. It's just is mm. crazy how many times he's tried to do this.
0: Yeah. I know. Just keeps on and on and on. So, and I you know, you got to think too back in the day, I think that maybe people didn't necessarily think they were going to be trackable as much. You know, this day and age with, you know, the technologies that we have, you can't get away with anything. There's just way too much technology. But back then it was not, you know, agencies didn't necessarily talk to each other state to state. Law enforcement agencies definitely, you know, did not communicate very well with each other. And I think that he probably just kept thinking if I just keep moving I'll be able to get away with it, but they did keep pursuing him. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, he was found and arrested by authorities. Less than a month later, after he had escaped and was, was working as a doctor again, he served a sentence at the FMC Rochester in Rochester, Minnesota, where he died on June 15th in 2018. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. Wow.
1: Yeah, I know. That's like our lifetime, right? I mean, all of this yeah. is our lifetime, which makes it even mm-hmm. more scary.
0: Yeah, I know, because think of about, I mean he and I know he spent a lot of years in prison because, you know, that that federal charge, it gave him a lot more years than he he ever got. You know, he got so many more years because he crossed the federal government than he did when he was actually costing people their, their lives. You know, that man that died mm-hmm. because he wasn't diagnosed with diabetes is, you know, should have been a very straightforward diagnosis. That man lost his life, and for some reason he only got three years. But then, you know, you cross the federal government, and, mm, yeah, you're going to be, Yeah, you know, he was in prison a whole lot longer and actually died in prison.
1: Right. The and real
0: Dr. Barnes, yeah.
1: How many times did he, I was just trying to add it up, how many times he got caught? <laughs> I mean, I think we're on like for four real. or five. I mean, maybe he actually yeah. wasn't that smart because he couldn't figure out how to not get caught. <laughs> he just kept <laughs> doing he the just same kept doing thing. doing it.
0: Yeah. Over and over. And then, you know, have you ever heard that saying that that's the definition of insanity is to keep doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So that's him. I guess,
1: that's, that's exactly what he was doing.
0: Yeah. Well, the real Dr. Barnes spent several years repairing his credit, as you can imagine. I mean, wow. But what's interesting is that the credit bureaus are flagging flagging this guy. So Mm. Dr. Barnes, the real Dr. Barnes is not able to get credit. He's not able to go out and if he needs to buy a house or buy a car or whatever he needs to do, they're like, oh, no, 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 no. You've got all these debts that you haven't paid or, you know, whatever. But the medical board didn't flag, didn't flag it. You would think (laughs) that if anything, he would have trouble as a doctor, but that was not a problem. Yeah, you would think.
1: Yeah, I don't know. That part just seems so fishy to me. I mean, I just think about, I mean, in the nursing world, I mean, we get fingerprinted up here in Alaska, anyway, we're fingerprinted every so many years. And like you said, maybe this is kind of, maybe it's these stories that have caused us to get fingerprinted this often. But I would think in the doctor Mm -hmm. world, it's got to be And like, what about passing boards? It sure seems like they had don't they need to like renew their boards every so often and things like that?
0: I think they just have to do continuing education. I don't know that they necessarily have to retake their board exam unless right. they change states or something, but I guess keeping up with the, the continuing education. But I'm sure that the real Dr. Barnes was taking care of all that. This is the, the fake Dr. Barnes is just using yeah. his credentials. So that wasn't anything he was necessarily concerned about. I mean, he didn't even worry about getting the first set of education. He <laughs> wasn't going to to do the continuing education for sure. Uh, so yeah, his reputation as a result of his fraudulent, this you know, fake doctor's fraudulent activity was just, it was kind of ruined and, and it really caused him a, you know, years and years and years of heartache and so much trouble that, I I hope that he was able to overcome that and it wasn't a complete, you know, it didn't completely ruin his life. I I could see something like this really ruining someone's life and making you completely miserable. That would be frustrating.
1: I think you're definitely going to lose some sleep over all of this, or at least I would. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that pretty much wraps it up for that bad doctor story. I mean, that was, you know, that's kind of a crazy story. And we've done fake doctor and imposter doctor cases before and imposter nurses, we have those too. But I don't think I've ever seen a story that, the person literally just kept doing it over and over and over and would just get away with it and keep doing it over and over and over. So I, know. I get out of, of
1: And that's, that's still like my, the surprising part to me was how many times he mm-hmm. did it over and over and still got away with it. You know, he'd get away with yeah. it for maybe a little less, but like he still was getting away with it. And
0: right. yeah. So I have to tell you guys about an experience I had with a nursing student. So, you know, I've been doing travel nursing well, this hospital where I'm at has a lot of LPN students doing their clinicals there. So one of them was following me around one day, and she noticed my stethoscope. And of course, y'all know the Echo technology company that sponsors our podcast. They teamed up with Littmann to make the stethoscopes, to beat all stethoscopes, the 3M Littmann Core digital stethoscope. And this is the one that I use now. So she said, oh my gosh, I've been wanting to try one of those. So of course, I let her use it. And she just could not stop talking about it for the rest of the shift. It was so cute. She was like, you know Did you know that you don't have to go all across the country to be a travel nurse? You certainly can, but you don't have to. I literally took an assignment that's an hour and a half away from my house, and I love it. I can stay in a hotel room if I want, or I can drive back home. So it's the best of both worlds for me. For my next assignment, we're going to get a cabin in the mountains that's about two hours from our house. So it'll really be like a little getaway. Also, one of my really good friends is going with me so we can share expenses. You guys, even if you're just a little curious about travel nursing, go to trustedhealth.com forward slash good nurse and fill out a profile so you can see what kind of jobs are out there and what they pay. Go to trustedhealth.com forward slash good nurse and fill out a profile. Well, I guess we can move on to this Goodner story. So I'm really excited about this. So you tell everybody about who you are and this invention, what you came up with, and, and tell them about your business that you have.
1: My name is Virginia Peterson. I live in Anchorage, Alaska, and it's just such a nice time of year up here because our days are finally starting to get longer, but that's not really what I'm here to tell you about. I've been a nurse for over 15 years. And one of my struggles being a nurse was finding a bra to wear for 12 hours straight. Now, I don't mean that I didn't have any bras, like I had some, but, you know, I was working full time. So I was three days a week, i like to sandwich my days, which meant like sometimes I was working six shifts in a row. And uh, it's hard when we work those long stretches. I'm sure like most of us out there have probably had that happen or do choose to do that. So I would lay out all of my outfits for the day. So I would just have a day for, you know, day one, day two, day three, et cetera. And I just wouldn't have enough bras that I like to wear to work, to lay out with my outfits. So that was when it first started. And my complaints kind of went my bralettes just weren't supportive enough. So after 12 hours, my back kind of hurt, my neck kind of hurt, my boobs just didn't feel supported. And then when I would wear a sports bra after 12 hours, I just felt like I was almost hypoxic. I would get home, I would take it off, and I would just have bra marks like all over my body. So I just felt like there was like room for improvement. So I designed a bra. So I made a bra that is kind of that perfect in between. So it's a little more supportive than a bralette and not as supportive as a sports bra. And I get it. I think bralettes and sports bras have their time and place for sure. But for 12 hours, like I said, I just couldn't, they just didn't feel that good on my body. So designed a bra and kept it super simple. So we uh, put the rings and sliders in the front. So it's super easy to adjust if you're on a shift. We put a wider band on it so it doesn't crawl up. We lined it with a material that's super soft against your skin. And then the other thing we did that we really pride ourselves in is we don't really make solid colors. All of our bras are prints. And we did that because a lot of places you have to wear solid colors, scrubs. Not every hospital requires you to do this, but they have more and more hospitals are leaning towards if you're a nurse, you wear blue. And if you're respiratory therapist, you wear red. And so that way you can kind of put on that unicorn bra and seize the day. Or if you're like a corgi lover, you have like little corgis. So, you know, as you're Mm -hmm. getting like spit on, thrown up on, pooped on, peed on, all the things, you can just take a moment and be like, no, I got this. (laughs) So it just adds a little bit of fun and flair. So yeah, so Mm -hmm. that was kind of how we got started. That was four years ago. We're still making that bra and growing every day. We've kind of moved in now. We actually do underwear and pants and shorts and a tunic. So we've kind of moved into loungewear, but we like to call it opera wear. I just, again, come back to like being a nurse and working that 12 hours is just so long and hard that when you get home, what is it that you want to put on? We just kind of keep leaning in that direction.
0: It's comfort. Yeah. Comfort. comfort but yet, yeah but but functional at the same time. Exactly. Yep. I like it. I like it. Well, I love that you, you know, saw a problem and then went after, you know, to try to try to try to fix it and that takes a lot of I mean, not only does it take a lot of just brains and skill to be able to do that, but just the fortitude that it takes because you're already working, you know, a full-time job as a nurse. Yep. to in addition to that, to kind of venture out into this whole thing that becomes a whole full-time job for you as well. I'm always just really super impressed with people that are able to do that. So this is cool. What What is the name of your company if people want to go find you?
1: Yeah. So our, the name of our company is called Swoop and we're where Swoop, W-E-A-R-S-W-O-O-P dot com. That's our website. And then you can find us on Instagram and Facebook and all the other places. And we're always open to hearing feedback or what favorite people's patterns are, that sort of thing. So we just kind of keep it going.
0: Well, that's neat. I think that's cool. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your business with us. If you guys have any questions about her products or even like would you be willing to help people out if they're interested in doing something like this and venturing out on their own? And maybe somebody has an idea, but they have no idea how they would even do something like this. Absolutely. Would you be open to people asking Absolutely. You? Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, I think... You know, I get asked that actually quite a bit. It's like, you know, how was that for you? And man, Google was my best friend. I had no idea how to start a business and it's just been so fun. And I just encourage people, whether it's starting a business or whatever your passion. I mean, I just think, you know, life is too short. Go out, get it. Just like you, Tina, like look how motivating that you've started this podcast and you share it with like all of us and we tune in to listen to you every week you know, I just find that like really inspiring. So I think just, you know, a message to everybody out there, don't be afraid to chase your dreams, because who knows what would happen.
0: Yeah, absolutely. If you're inspired to do something, just go for it. You know, reach out to people that are already doing it and get advice. I mean, if I've t- I tell people all the time, if you want to start a podcast, if you if you're listening to this and you you think, man, I would I have something I want to say. I would love to start a podcast, but I have no idea where to start it. Reach out to me. I will absolutely help you. I even wrote a little booklet kind of thing for for people that I'll send to you, or just a- ask me questions. I mean, I love to support people that want to get into this because I didn't know anything about it at first. It took. Me a while yeah. to figure it all out. I yeah. started out making tons of mistakes and just doing all kinds of just I go back and listen to those first episodes and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I just did not know what I was doing." But now I'm like, you know, if you're gonna do it, just reach out to me. I'll, I can at least kind of help you learn yeah. some of the stuff that I didn't know at first. So, I, yeah.
1: Absolutely. The only thing I can't help you with is to teach you to be a fake doctor. So
0: don't, don't, no. re- don't reach out
1: to us trying to learn how you can be a fake doctor.
0: Yeah, Gerald Bar- Barnbaum has got the the market cornered on that. He does, that he does, <laughs> which I, I guess he maybe he didn't write a book before he died back in two thousand eighteen, <laughs> but. Oh, good grief. People are just unbelievable. You know, there are way too many of these stories. It's way too many.
1: And I don't Mm -hmm. know, Tina, if you had that, we did have, you you said that like the imposter nurse, you know, during Mm -hmm. COVID and I know the bonuses are still going, but some of that travel nursing, we had that happen in the emergency room. One of the nurses showed up and everybody like right away was like, what like this girl doesn't know anything and exactly that she had borrowed a friend's nursing like all of the nursing license and information and took a travel assignment in our department and you know got caught obviously got called in and i i don't know what happened all you know after all of that but i just again it's just like i, I I, I'm like, do people think our job is that easy that they could just like float in and like do what we do? Because, mm-hmm. oh my I gosh. Yeah. I think people
0: think that. I think people have no idea what nurses do. Most most people that are not, you know, in healthcare, you know, that aren't nurses, yeah. I, I think they literally have no idea what we do. Right. And they think that surely they could figure it out. Maybe do watch some YouTube videos and just, you know, Google a few things and and they could figure it out and yeah you get yourself to the bedside and you'll figure it out real fast. Yeah, figure it out real way. fast. Yeah, it's gonna be real <laughs> obvious to people around you that you don't know what you're doing. I I mean, there's people that there's people that do go to nursing school and actually do graduate from nursing school and actually do pass the NCLEX and start working at the bedside who you are looking and scratching your head going, did you actually graduate from nursing school? Because you know. It's just not for everyone. Not everyone, yeah. you know, even if you can pass tests, like some people are really good at passing tests. Yeah. You know, and so they can make it through nursing school. They can pass the NCLEX, but then the doing part, just like putting it all together and that critical thinking, thinking—just yeah, doesn't, doesn't come correct. to them. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, I to think that you could not have, and and think of all these fraudulent nursing schools that that popped up during COVID too, and all the nurses that, that, some of them I think legitimately thought, you know, they're paying tens of thousands of dollars for this quote school, and they didn't maybe even realize that what they were doing was, you know, that this is a fraudulent school, that it's not really, you know, a real school, and then they end up not have, you know, now there's the government's coming after a lot of these people yeah, and they're absolutely. going,
1: yeah. yeah, your
0: license is not legitimate. And oh. I mean, can you imagine if you paid tens of thousands of dollars for a license, you pass the NCLEX, you're working as a nurse, and then they come along and go, no, the I school know. you graduated from was not legit. I know. You it's can't. just so sad. You know,
1: it's again, back to these innocent people that just get taken advantage mm-hmm. of. It's just, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, I just can't even imagine. So, yeah, but I'm with you, man, being a nurse, it's hard. And even after what I've been a nurse now, almost 20 years, it's like I still learn something every single day. You know, every single day there'll be a new patient that throws me for a loop or I I assumed this was going to happen and then that happened and then I got to sit down, look it up, ask all the questions. So again, back to these people who think that they can impersonate somebody in the medical field, man, you, you got you got some some, some real
0: cojones. cojones. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much. For oh, coming Tina, on show. such
1: a pleasure being here. And yeah, just super excited. And again, if you have any interest in starting a business, reach out and check us out where
0: swoop.com. Can they reach you from that website? Is there like a contact me kind of thing?
1: There is, yep. So um, you can contact us through the website or through Instagram. Either way, those are probably the best ways to get in contact with us.
0: Perfect, I love it. And you guys know if you need to reach out to me, please do send me an email at tina at goodnursebadnerst.com. You can, we have, our website is goodnursebadnerst.com and we're on all social media sites as well. I think the best way to get in touch with me is through email. I have it on my phone. I see all your emails. I don't all, I'm not always able to respond to every single person, but I read every single one of them. And I always, I I always say, I'm going to go back at some point. It's just, it's kind of impossible, but I promise you, I read them. I definitely read them. And a lot of times I'm very inspired and encouraged by a lot of things that you say. I read your, I definitely read your reviews that you send me. I appreciate all the people that encourage me. There's definitely those people who for whatever reason, they're just not impressed. And that's okay. I'm all right with that too. You don't have to be, you don't have to, not everybody has to like everything you do. And that's okay. It takes all kinds. So, well, I guess that does it for this episode of Good Nurse, Bad Nurse. But before we leave, I just want to remind you guys that even if you're a bad girl or a bad boy, be a good nurse.